Hello, welcome to Love Food, Hate Money, the show where we talk about food, how much we love it, we prove it by spending all of our money on it. I am your host, Jonah. This is co-host, Courtney. Hey. And let's talk about our drinks. It is the second day of Boozmas. My father gave to me. <laughs> Give a little more detail, a little more context. Sure. So, for those of you that don't follow us on the social medias, which if you don't, you should, because I do dumb things. It's great. And it's Watch a, Jonah do something to incentivize giving me hate mail. And I haven't received any yet. And it is the season <laughs> to tell me that I'm naughty. You did get a hate comment on Instagram, though, um, from our lovely friend and listener and best artist, Jess. And she said she wants to fight you because you don't like pumpkin pie. It's, I mean, have you had any other gourd pie like literally just eat a sweet potato pie it just tastes more like yummy it's the same same but better so your dad gave us not one not one not two not three four five what did he get what would that be 48 so he gave us 60 little presents for this year oh that's so wonderful what a g (laughs) um three different calendars two full 24 day calendars and one uh, a 12 day a Christmas situation all from Maker's Mark so Sam's Club yeah he gave us 24 pack of 50 mil assorted just base spirits they're not they're they're little shooters little shooters of the, the members Mark brand of tequila gin rum vodka and vodka <laughs> you know just in case the American vodka wasn't your speed, they got the French vodka for you. Um, and then a 24-pack of beer, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because it has 24 different styles in it. So it's a fun way to sort of go through the styles um, but without a single repeat. I mean, a couple of them are stylistically similar, like American IPA and West Coast IPA. Like, that, they're going to be different. You, We poured the American IPA today. And you had comments on it. It's not the color I was expecting. Which we pretty much have only ever had West Coast IPAs or hazy IPAs or New England style IPAs, which this technically isn't any of those. So this should be fun. Mm-hmm. Did you try it? Wow, it smells hoppy. <laughs> Very pine resiny. It doesn't taste that hoppy, though. Yeah, it's got more it's of a... It's like shockingly mild. Yeah, it ranks pretty low. I wonder if it's got the IBUs on it. Which is why I was like, oh, this isn't bad. <laughs> Let's see. It doesn't list that on the box. Does it list it on the can? Can you read the can? You have can. the can. I'm the only one can with you the can. read? No. <laughs> you typically don't like IPAs at all. No, so I don't usually like them because like they taste like hairspray and pine needles. This one... It doesn't say the IBUs. It's probably pretty low. It's got a really like deep sort of malty sweet bread characteristic. It's not bad. It. It's good. Really smells hoppy on the nose. And then I'm also drinking a highball with American six times distilled vodka. We also got the funny little jam thing that's very popular. Boom mama. Boom mama. <laughs> 12 days of jam miss. 11 days of jam miss, one days of honey miss. Yes, true. So that'll be fun to break I'm into I'm a little later sad on. that that's not the 24 days because apparently... That one is the most coveted one, but I am really glad to get to participate at some level. I think this is a pretty, like, if... I don't if, think if I need a, 24 mini jams, but it's a fun thing to think about. Right. I, I I mean, we don't... The need is strong on any of it, but I think it's pretty fun because <laughs> if you have someone that appreciates 
food drink things yeah. in your life, like an advent calendar version of that. It's a fun thing to give to them as a Christmas present because it's like, here, enjoy the entire season. <laughs> Van Lam has this like chocolate one that she got, and I want that one next year. It is your duty to find out what it is and to get it for me next got year. Got it. There's a chocolate one, and I'll get Donnie a 24 discs of no, Discmas. I want it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will get you one, and Donnie needs a 24 <laughs> discs of Discmas one because I think that would be very good for him. So we have our drinks. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for coming by, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. Well, I thought you were going to talk about the disappointment that was the Burger King Italian sandwich. Yeah. So right now, like all good movies, there's two different movies about cannibals right now. And there's two fast food restaurants about Italian American sandwiches. So we had the Wendy's ones. And now we have the Burger King one, which is their like crispy chicken with marinara sauce and a slice of Milton mozzarella. That one bad, not as good as Wendy's one. Wendy's one's got the hockey puck of love, and you can get the spicy chicken with it. You get the spicy chicken with it, and you get the the big old mozzarella puck. Delicious. Um, Burger King one is fine. It is not worth it. No. If you find yourself sitting at home and thinking, "Man, I really wish there was a fast food Italian American weird sandwich right now that cost <laughs> a little bit more than it should." Gosh, I wish I had that. Wendy's is the option for you. True. You're welcome. Or Subway, I guess. Meatball marinara. <laughs> uh, so that's what the Wendy's one reminded me of is the meatball. Well, the yeah, because you had the burger version. I had the burger version, which I was, which I was just like, hello, old friend. Uh, that was my go-to back when. It, actually, we ate a moderate amount of Subway. I don't yeah, think I've ever talked about that. We did when that. I was younger because it was like a healthy fast food. <laughs> well, Even though fresh. the thing that I ordered was the sweet onion chicken teriyaki, which was like a bajillion calories and sugar. Well, because it was sweet onions, <laughs> and it was—I remember those sandwiches coming pretty wet. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were. Meatball saucy. marinara was also oh meatball marinara. <laughs> the weird, beautiful bread foam smell in the air. I don't think I could eat it now. The way the seaweed glistens <laughs> <laughs> in the moonlight. Um, you sent me a really funny article. Yeah, this I week, did. and that's going to be kind of our jumping off point. For this episode, um, we were going to do a newsroom episode. And then after reading the news, I was just depressed. <laughs> the food, um, even the food news was depressing. The food news right now is mostly that, like, people can't afford it. And that just sucks. Yeah. Um, so if you find yourself in a place where you do have extra, um, especially during the holiday season, but of course, at any time, definitely consider donating some non-perishables. I see laugh. It's not a good laugh, but it's a really, you know, it's the holiday season. You're just H- Homeless people probably really want food just now. Not a, No. Any, I know. I feel like in our society, we do this really big push around the holidays because we have this guilt about our own excess. Mm-hmm. And we give based on that. And I think that, yeah, absolutely. People are hungry during the holidays, but they're also hungry all the time. Yeah. And so if you do have extra, um, we super encourage you to donate financially, donate non-perishables. I'm going to actually do some research into some charities locally to see what we can do, whether that be. It's all part of the agenda. Yeah. Donate our time. Like, I think more than ever, like, if you have the resources, you need to take care of your neighbors. Take care of people. Be good to people because it's bad. It's bad. It's bad world. So anyways, now we're going to laugh at this lady who wrote this really ridiculous article. Yeah. I was just going through because I read my Google News pretty regularly. 
And the article popped up. It said, if this is from Yahoo Life, it said, Thai Restaurant 101, from drunken noodles to sticky rice. Here's what to order as a beginner. From Casey Clark, this is November 28, 2022. And I think that that is a hilarious headline for an article in 2022. Because I I guess, uh, you know, living where we live, there's plenty of Thai restaurants. I Our literal favorite restaurant is the Thai restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> it's funny to that there's enough people in the United States and probably across the globe, but I feel like Yahoo Internet that's it's aiming at US towards the working man. I, I, it's so it's so funny to me that people are a little bit scared of t- ordering at Thai restaurants. Yeah, um, and it ju- it made me laugh and sad because I I mean I grew up eating at all sorts of restaurants and enjoying eating food and. There's a lot of people that apparently don't do that. I think that's one of the really interesting things that you and I have in common, considering how different our upbringings were, is that we both grew up eating at very diverse restaurants. Like, Mm -hmm. my dad had a passion for trying new things, and he and I would go try different restaurants. We would go eat Chinese food. We would go eat Thai food. We'd go get Indian food, Mexican. Like, we would eat anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because all food is delicious. Because everything is delicious. So why would you not eat it all? Or at least there's something in every category that you're probably going to be able to enjoy. Right. And so to think, you know, that there are adults out there kind of wandering around going, I don't know what to order, which I, it's valid depending on your upbringing. I totally get that. But it's just funny to me the way that this article was like worded and also who's writing this article. Mm -hmm. And there's so much of it that is... It's just very basic. Like, there's a lot of... They interviewed... It looks like a couple different people in this article. But it's... If <laughs> some of the word... You're curious what to order for the first time you did a Thai restaurant. We chatted with chefs and owners of Thai restaurants to get the scoop on this popular cuisine. Or literally ask your server. Like, that's their whole thing, is that they're paid to tell you what to order. Which is... <laughs> depending on the restaurant you go to, like, sometimes it's just like a walk-up counter. But you could literally just go up and say, hey... I would like something, but I don't know what. If you had to order food, what would you get? Yeah. What, what do Just you recommend? Like, what's your favorite thing? Because most of the time, you're going to find the best things on the menu if the staff appreciates the food there. Or if you have a bad server, <laughs> i.e. You? me. It's whatever's the funniest to me. What's yeah. good here? I'm, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't eat here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think I spend time eating here? You, you little goose. <laughs> uh, but the article keeps up going on and says spices and for e- for everyone spice is one of the quintessential flavor profiles for Thai cuisine, which is funny to me because yeah they use Thai bird chilies quite a bit and you can get your food ripping yeah, hot. Yeah, you can get spicy food. But we went to a Thai restaurant fairly recently where we had a pina colada fish soup, and I knew I knew you were gonna bring was that up. Not spicy. I knew you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> I knew um, gonna do this the moment I got off this morning. <laughs> um, Michael, I just my also. Son. <laughs> For context, I just want to mention that it's 1.30 in the morning when we're recording this. So if it's just If we're having chaos, more fun, it's because uh, we don't have This is the first time brain. we've seen each other in, like, days. So <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to. Anyways. Um, yeah, spicy food as a, as a pillar of Thai cuisine, I think, is a funny and a misnomer. It's like saying that anything you get at a Mexican restaurant is going to be spicy. It's funny how cultures that do have spicy dishes... Are like pigeon holes are like personified as as that yeah. where you can't go into it and have anything other than spicy food. 
Like if you go to a Buffalo Wild Wings, you can get Parmesan garlic wings. You're gonna make it through, baby girl. What it's about? it's fine. <laughs> You're not going to know a Buffalo Wild Wings and they're like blazing or bust, baby girl. Is yeah. that the most American restaurant you could think of? You were like, mm. It was just the one restaurant that I can think of that had something spicy ah, in the name. Okay. And you can go in and get not spicy food. You're gonna make it through. You're gonna be okay. We're you're gonna get through this together. But the best part about this article is the very tail end of it. And it's a pretty, it's a slog of a read. So I have not read the whole article. I skipped to the end. <laughs> um, sorry again to miss, um, what what's your name? Casey Clark or Mr. Casey Clark. Who knows? But the very tail end, the last thing, they finally get to it. They say the five best items to order as a beginner. Still not sure what to order off the menu. Nong tan or non tang, depending they, on how the pronunciation read is. Read the whole article. Why would they still have questions? They talked a lot about a lot of things, but not actually what to order. Oh my uh, god! He's a general manager of uh, Aloy Thai in Boulder, Colorado. Recommends going with the following items. So this is his his recommendation. It's his five items, and it's up to you, Courtney, figure out what his top five That's items as a newbie booby. Pad Thai. Um. Lob. Yeah. No. 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 Nope. Neither of those are listed. Um. Cow soy. Nope. Tom yum. Nope. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, uh, the oyster mushrooms. <laughs> the oyster mushrooms from Glybon. <laughs> Hyper specific, but you should probably the try them. The chicken on. wings. Oh, that's just my order. Okay, what is it? So, number one, egg rolls, which I thought was hilarious because I don't associate egg rolls with Thai food in general. No. So, like, he might serve them at his... Thai sure, restaurant. That, that's, and that's great. I don't even know if that's something that I've seen at a Thai restaurant. Like, I was thinking about it. Maybe Yupa's? <sighs> Maybe. Drunken noodles. We get drunken noodles. I delicious. like drunken noodles. <laughs> we get drunken noodles at Yupa's. Yeah. Uh, Thai fried rice. Okay. Which is fine, but also fried rice is not, I, I don't associate it as a Thai dish, even if you do get one with a more like Thai fish sauce driven. I mean, they definitely, like, I feel like any culture that is like very grounded in rice has their own version of fried rice. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad yeah, recommendation, but, but I do think there's so many exciting like noodle dishes and soups. You've had that before. If you've had Chinese fried rice, you've had no, Thai fried rice. No, I would say it's a different flavor profile if it's a good Thai restaurant. That's probably true because we've had fried rice at at Glybon as an example and a flavor profile. Totally different. Significantly different. But the way that this is worded, and this is a direct quote, it says, this savory and almost crispy rice comes from a fiery wok and has a hint of sweetness. Tang says the sweetness will have newcomers going for their next bite right after the first, which is also just called eating. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're going to like this one. Boba Thai tea. Well, obviously. You should go into a Thai restaurant. I, I, there's Honestly, so few though, Thai restaurants that have boba as an option. Well, in my experience, yes, boba is a Taiwanese treat, and like Thai tea is a Thailand Thai. treat. So, if you can get both together, absolutely delicious, hundred percent, ten out of ten, recommend. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely do order the Thai tea at your favorite Thai restaurant because it goes so good with the food. Yep, in particular. If you stumble into a Thai restaurant and you're pigeonholed and having to eat their spicy food, <laughs> it's usually pretty forces you. Usually pretty you pretty sweet goes good with it. If you have sweet and spicy, it's, it's nice. And then the last thing is mango sticky rice, which I thought was funny because I don't. I think, feel like that's... rice pudding is not the number one thing. Where I'm like, if you go to this Thai spot, you got to try their pudding. Um. Well, that one's interesting because 
not every Thai restaurant has mango sticky rice specifically. Like a lot of them will have a sticky rice dessert. Yeah. But I think like if you're going to go to a restaurant, like maybe just ask again for a recommendation. Like I don't because one of my favorite things that we've had is the white bread dipped in the panda and custard. Yep. Like they do have a sticky rice there also. We've never ordered it because we're obsessed with the bread. <laughs> yeah, the pandan custard with the with just the Wonder Bread is. And I think one of the things that makes Thai food so interesting and a lot of cuisine so interesting is the regionality. And so yeah. are you eating Southern Thai food? Are you eating Northern Thai food? Mm-hmm. And that goes for really everywhere. Pretty much anywhere. And so this idea that this list would be like, this is it. This is the... How-to guide. This I think that's it. so silly. Any how-to guides on just eating in general, I think we'll find comedy in because you should just stop being weird about it. <laughs> Go and try a restaurant, and if you like it, great. And if you don't, maybe it's just not for you, or maybe you ordered bad. Maybe there are things there you do like, but it's really funny to me that people are so weird about it because the article at the beginning of the article talks about how they were so overwhelmed. Like, am I ordering fish or am I ordering beef? If you don't have a food allergy, just eat, just go in and eat the food. Like you're, you're going to be okay. I think that as a society, we could do better when it comes to trying new foods. I think a lot of people tend to get in their head about it. And I understand, but I'm a picky eater. Like the pickiest eater I know. I am so picky. But that doesn't stop me from trying things. It doesn't make me eat a lot more than I should. (laughs) We had a restaurant be like, this is going to be a 50-50 split. 70-30 every time. Look, if I don't like it, you also don't have to finish it if you order it and you don't like it. Mm, We were raised different. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, I think that there's something to be said about people who have that interest and that like desire to explore through food mm-hmm. versus people who are just terrified. It's it's wild to me because yeah. I was. It probably came from a spot of you got to eat what's in front of you mm. like that. It probably came from like almost an unhealthy level of. You got to eat every like it's also why I have to eat all the food that is <laughs> at any given meals because like uh, we we didn't eat a ton of leftovers growing up at if anything. And it was like, a, oh, you clear the plate in front of you. Right. So I think it was it was that I mean, we went to so many restaurants and I was never going out to a restaurant and anyone looking at me and saying this thing you're about to eat is crazy. You're not going to like it. <laughs> like That's not helpful. <laughs> Right. And I think, too, that you would be surprised a lot of the times the things that you would like that maybe you read on a menu that don't sound good to you. For the most part, if it got onto a menu. Somebody liked it. They tried it at one point and someone approved it. It's not (laughs) it's not this wild west of, yeah, we saw we saw peanut butter and jelly and we we put them together. (laughs) This really avant garde flavor profile. Like it's it's gonna someone tried it before they did before they made it. I think you made a really good point though about ordering bad because a friend of yours just told us a story about how they called a restaurant and we're just like, well, I think I want something that tastes like this. And 
the China, like the restaurant was like, we don't have that. Could you like maybe order something from the menu? And I, do you not remember that? No, <laughs> I blocked out that story. That's usually what happens when I I'm get doing, real stressed. I'm doing this. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't remember the rest of it. Well, they were talking about how they were calling to place a pickup order and they were just like, well, I oh. wanted these things, mm-hmm. but they didn't have those things. And then the things I got weren't good. Yeah. When it's like, well, when you go off script. Set yourself up for failure on that one. Yeah. Like maybe again, goes back to asking the person who works there because they know the food. And unless you have a bad one like me, they're probably going to tell you something good and not just funny for them. Sometimes it's mutually beneficial for me. I will. I'll throw that flyer out there that. I well, don't think I ever recommend things that are truly bad, but I will recommend something that I find entertaining. <laughs> um, but where I was going with that is this idea of like when you then get the food and then you're like, oh, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Like you tried to order things that they were literally were like, what are you talking about? You don't want this. Like, I'll have it. Like, okay. <laughs> and I think. If you want to do a little research before you go eat a cuisine you've never had before, I think that's totally fine. It is 2022. And the I'll be honest. out there and Yahoo is putting out these fantastic articles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be super honest and say there have been times where I've Googled ingredients that I'm not familiar with. Or some menus will have the brand name of a sauce <laughs> instead of. That's my favorite when it's very specific and you go, a what? Uh, like, for example. If you don't know, Red Boat is mm-hmm. a very common fish sauce that's used. I wouldn't say very common, but it's a it's a it's quality popular. Brand. It's really good. But if someone puts that in the menu and they just go Red Boat sauce. <laughs> it's a sauce from our finest Red Boat. What does that even mean? Not that's deep. okay to ask and it's okay to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hardly ever bad questions. And I think it's also worth saying that because you had a dish with the same name at one restaurant and you go to another restaurant and you order the same dish and it tastes different it's not because the restaurant's bad yeah it's because somebody else made the food because burger king doesn't use a <laughs> mozzarella cheese puck it just uses a mozzarella slice and that sandwich was different that was a good callback don't talk to me i'll murder you <laughs> the pain in my heart what was so funny about this article to me is it kind of got me back down a rabbit hole that i've been down before um there was an article that bon appetit put out and obviously bon appetit has a very the old conde nasty rough history when it comes to talking about culture and food and identity they got a wonderful history of talking about it (laughs) it's just behind closed doors they uh uh checkered pass let's just say i mean they are very well known for by checkered she means white it's a very white pass (laughs) (laughs) they're known for the one fa video that went really viral where amongst other things a white man yeah well a white man a white man no got on and was like this is how you eat fa the right way like that's just like never we don't want to be that. I don't want to hear that. Really try to avoid being the person that tells people how to live their life. Um, I will. I, I I do think that I probably come across like really hyper opinionated about a lot of the stuff. Yes. But I think the main takeaway from this episode and I, us as a, as a as a group, our is, philosophy, our philosophy. Don't yuck someone's yum. Like it's yeah. not. 
not worth it. You're not getting anything fun out of it. Or you are, and you're a bully, and that's lame. <laughs> that feels bad. Feels bad. Um, but they had put out an article a little while back um, talking about white people food. And this idea around white people food and how, like, it's bland, it's unseasoned, and how that's really kind of like a big internet meme that's taken off because of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we get into that, like, generalization of any kind of food. Sure. It becomes problematic. Yeah. I any Anything that you do to minimize any people group is probably not ideal. I do agree that the white people food jokes tend to be funny. <laughs> well... Anything too, because like they're specific to certain regions, like mayonnaise heavy food. You can kind of pinpoint a region where that's very popular. Uh, there's so many jokes that ran through my head all at once. <laughs> uh, I love that mayonnaise food is a white people food because I'm pert near as pasty as it gets. And <laughs> I am mostly terrified of mayonnaise. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot if, of people who are. If you get mayonnaise in the bigger buckets that you get if you work at a school or a restaurant the the large format like paint buckets of mayonnaise and it has the prerequisite little child drowning in it thing that is my worst (laughs) nightmare is to die drowning in a pile of mayonnaise um if anybody would like our address to send you a bucket of mayonnaise i will give it to you (laughs) freaking spooky um also, that stuff is held like a shell stable, so it's held warm most of the time. And drowning in warm mayonnaise <laughs> gets woof. <sighs> I just need a minute. I just a moment of silence for those. That was a lot. <laughs> just start playing the the Sarah McLaughlin song, "The Arms of an Angel," for all the poor children that have fallen in mayonnaise, never to be seen again. Um, but the article also mentions how like. People see super seasoned food as being quote unquote ethnic food. I think that term is just not. It's a cringy term. It's not a great term. It doesn't feel good. I think the article does a really funny job of breaking it down and saying white people food and not white people food or ethnic food. And both of those are very minimizing in their own right. Yes. So I think it's trying to do an okay job of saying people eat what they eat. Right. And we shouldn't pick on anyone for what they eat. Yes. But yeah, lots of the, the white people food, the not white people food. It's very. Well, I think it's interesting. I think that there is some of it's a joke, right? Like some of it is just mm-hmm. you see videos online of people making food and you're like, what is that? But how much of that is people just looking for attention versus how they actually eat? Sure. Whereas I think there is also like the mayonnaise salads of the world that give me just Mm, nothing like a where I'm like yeah actually super agree but the article also talked about gatekeeping spicy which I think is a good thing to come back to because we've kind of talked about that already Mm -hmm. and I think growing up culture does use chili peppers doesn't mean it's only spicy food yeah and I think also to say that like oh all white people can't handle spicy food is like a very funny generalization Mm -hmm. especially I think growing up in the southwest where we do eat a lot of Mexican food we eat a lot of chilies Eat a lot of text mess, a lot of just a lot of a lot of spicier food. Yeah. And so I think when we get into these broad generalizations about food, it's really more problematic than the original in like context of the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and kind of this isolation of any type of food is bad because they also mentioned in the article that well, white people love sushi. Does that make sushi white people food? Because <laughs> it's quote unquote bland. And I thought that was so interesting because some of the most flavorful bites of food I've ever had were sushi. Sure. And so I think when it comes down to it at the end of the day, we need to look more towards like just being willing to try things Mm -hmm. and like have an openness towards food instead of just trying to put it like I feel like humans just love to put things in tiny little boxes. Categorizing. That's what we do. How we make sense of the world. If a white person likes spicy food, are they even white anymore? Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, of course, like, that doesn't take away from the fact that, like, there are some really problematic things. And their white people have absolutely um, taken advantage of their privilege and co-opted foods that weren't theirs. And, like, totally understand mm-hmm. the hurt and the anger towards that. Because... Yeah, like it's not fun when a woman goes on TikTok and is like, look, I discovered spa water recipe. And then somebody else is like, you mean agua fresca? Like we've been (laughs) drinking that for hundreds of years. Like, what do you mean? Guys, I squeezed an apple and juice came out. I am a pioneer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's actually a term for that. I was this was another I I really deep dived on this because I think it's so interesting. I feel like I heard you talk about this before. Um, and like, I love reading food anthropology and just talking about like how, what we eat now reflects like our histories, but this one, the term is called Columbusing. Oh, that's not the, what I thought you were going to say. I thought there was another term for, oh no, it is. Cause it's when you've discovered something that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the health food market does this a lot where they will be like, guys, the new greatest health food is quinoa. And people in South America are like, what? You mean just like a regular grain? <laughs> Good for you. Um, even one of the lists was like, guys, this new healthy snack, hummus. What? Brand new. Never never been seen. And I think it's just. She's about to make her debut. Uh, the article that I got that went from this one to the one I'm referencing was talking about chopped cheese, which I thought was funny because we've talked about chopped cheese. Love a chopped cheese. And this is our own fault for bringing this to the masses. We obviously shouldn't have done this. But people were making fun of Whole Foods for Columbusing chopped cheese and putting it into their New York stores and charging $8 for it. Where you would go into a bodega and spend okay. $4 on a chopped cheese. That's wild. Also, that's cheaper than I would expect a Whole Foods chopped cheese to be. <laughs> well, they're charging double what it, like goes for though in that area so they're technically playing the whole foods game yeah i guess that ratio makes sense they're still doing the whole foods double play (laughs) um i think matcha was referenced as like a antibiotics or antioxidants antibiotics same thing medicine whatever you know what i meant (laughs) anti-aging but just like these health benefits that the people who actually discovered these things have been reaping this whole time or not not to say that there's not like antioxidants or antifungal Look, inside of your matcha but cheese is very good for your health good for your health there's nothing like the mental health boost of a nice <laughs> greasy sando um it's a lot of that health stuff is so funny because 
oh, they've been doing it for centuries. And it's like, yeah, but they still die, too. Well, <laughs> I think that's the other funny thing about food is this idea that some of it is magical and some of it is not. Magic food and not magic food. And I think that also gets into something that maybe we can expand on in another episode um, when it comes when in regards to food is this idea of there being good food and bad food and assigning morals to food. Well, some food likes to rob candy from babies <laughs> and other food likes to give that candy to the poor babies. Robin Hood food. <laughs> so dumb. I, but good and bad is a funny thing. Like, don't yuck someone's yum. It's such a strange thing that we, any of the food articles and stuff that we read or it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is, this is the right way or the not right way to do this. Like, that's very opinion based. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've obviously given opinions. This show is about you listening to us give our opinions on things. So obviously like, Obviously, there's a right answer, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But also, I think at any point, if we give an opinion that you disagree with, that is okay. Mm -hmm. And like you can send us hate mail and that's fine, too, because at the end of the day, like my experience is my experience. Yep. And yours is yours. And they're going to be different. And they have different experiences and it's going to be going to be okay. But to some of the stuff. Don't disparage people. For eating things they like to eat. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like, I'm right there with most people who are like, if someone's eating something that I think is gross, I'll be like, oh my God, how are you doing that? But also, it's what they want to eat. It's what they want to eat. And who are you to do that? One of the better um, drink podcasts, YouTube channels. It was a YouTube Mm. channel, like the Whiskey Tribe. A couple guys that drink a ton of whiskey, they, their number one thing is trying to advocate for people to drink it. Yeah. And the whiskey that you like to drink is what you like to drink, how you like to drink it. And that's like their whole shtick is, yeah, yeah, if you want to drink it with ice, that's cool. A little bit of water, that's cool. Like you're still pushing forward and advocating for that community. Um, And just being more inclusive with people, I think is going to get you a lot farther than being gatekeep angry. This is the only way to do this thing. Yeah. And I think there's a, kind of a culture especially with influencers and then one specific youtuber comes to mind where it's just like this is the right way to cook this thing Mm -hmm. and i i disagree i think there's and i've been doing this thing where i'm cooking one dish from every country and one of the first ones i did it called for a technique that i had never seen i'd never heard of i was like this is gonna be bad Mm -hmm. like there's no way this is gonna work did it it was freaking delicious. Yeah. And now I want to try that cooking technique on different recipes. Sure. To improve them. About to get canceled. What? <laughs> Using a, a, a technique that you're not supposed to use from another culture that's not yours. Oh, that's not. What? No. I'm kidding. But still, like, it's, it, it is. Why can we not just learn from each other? That's what I want to know. That it's, I agree. I do think that that is something that it would be nice. But I also think that there still has to be a conversation around it. And I don't think we're the ones to have this conversation is what is appropriation versus appreciation. Yep. I, be- I because I think that is an important conversation. And I think that there's people who speak to it really well because it's something that they have faced. 
mm-hmm. their whole lives. Um, if you've read about, um, oh, what was the term? It was in one of the articles, but it was like lunchbox. <sighs> the like the kids that have been left off are having the yes. The I can't. There's a specific foods. term that they used in this article, but it was talking about when kids are made fun of because of the food that in they bring lunchbox. to school. Mm-hmm. And that is real experiences that people have had. I've never had that experience. I didn't even go to school. So when we talk about, <laughs> I was homeschooled, okay? There it is. Um, like <laughs> but when people talk about those experiences, I think it's really important that we also listen and acknowledge those experiences. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think it's also okay to appreciate food outside of the culture you were raised in. If mm-hmm. you can do it respectfully. Yeah. I agree. I like eating all the food. Yes. That's my thing. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. You hear that? The It's the sound of a, a, mm, a pug. <laughs> I actually did hear the pug. No, she's sleeping. Oh, good night, sweet pug. Got to go tuck her in. Give her little sleepy kisses. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Love, Food, Hate, Money. This podcast is edited by John Watkins of Feathered Fiction Studios. He also does our original music and works with us on a crazy timeline and we've been so inconsistent so thank you so much john for tolerating us um, as we deal with our crazy schedules uh we are on all social media pretty much um connect with us we've been making tiktoks we are on instagram um we did create a patreon but the more that we've kind of looked at that uh, we were thinking since this is a communist food podcast we should not be asking you for money we should be asking everyone for money um so i.e advertisers advertisers exactly (laughs) um so what we're looking at doing is probably pressing pause on that and moving more towards just putting out content and if people like it they can share it and if it gets to a point where we can make money through advertisers we would rather do that and if you want to buy merch to support us you can totally do that too try to make more funny things that way you can buy funny things yeah we think that'll be cool Uh, We have t-shirts right now still. We have some new sticker designs that I will post again on Instagram. And we're still working on improving the website. Um, I've got some recipes that are going to go up pretty soon. Just finished a little mini cookbook. So that'll be fun. So check that out. And that's all I got. I don't think I have anything else to add to that either. But thanks everyone for listening and being a part of our lives. Sure. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Made a mess.